Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Call us. 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount+. Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount+. Plus. Yeah, 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 yeah. Turn my mic up, turn my mic up, turn the radio up, turn my mic up. Hey, one, two, mic check, one, two, one, through, coming to, come. Oh, hey, keep McPherson on the fan, just messing around. Definitely should write some raps. I don't have the time for it, man. That's something I just got scratched off the list as I've gotten older, had a kid. I used to like literally every Friday and shout out to some of the people that I grew up with because I feel like freestyle rap like at least ciphering you need other people to do that with like you can't just like be rapping on your own you can but when you when you don't have that cipher when you don't have that element of like ah somebody hype me up like ah yo you go you I, I used to have freestyle Fridays with uh different guys that I grew up with and then even when I got to college Shout out to my boy, Chris Knox, who I DJed with. He put the mic in my hand. We went to Guitar Center back when they didn't have a Guitar Center in Ocean. We had to drive up to damn near Rutgers, New Brunswick, to go to the only Guitar Center that we could get to up Route 18. And He bought me a USB mic. I remember when USB mics were, like, new <laughs> back in, like, 2009. And then I would rap on there. Rapping is something I feel confident in. I'm not a rapper. I'm not a rapper. I'm not a rapper, though. But rapping is definitely, like, a talent and a skill that I've put my 10,000 hours in that, like, uh, the beat that we just came in to from break. I'm like, I rapped on that a year ago. It was January of 2022 when uh, I came in here. I was like, wrote a rap today. Figured I should snap today. It's a freestyle Friday. No Apple Pay. Just download the free Odyssey app today, KM to AM on the mic till it's Saturday. Like, I, I, I can come back with some stuff like that when you least expect it. But I need the time. As I get older, I just find, like, my wife needs the time. My baby needs the time. My mother needs the time. Our family members need the time. And when I find some free time and a beat and some inspiration, I lock in and write some raps about sports or the radio or WFAN, and then it'll be a random Friday and a beat will drop, and I'll come in and I'll kick a 16. Deal. Done. Let's go to my guy, Gary in Nagatuck, Connecticut, on the fan. What's up, Gary? My man, Pots and Pains. Hey, I'll be your Huckleberry. <laughs> Keep What's it up, running. Pete? What's up, Gary? You know, keeping that one I, running uh, for Craig Carton into 2024. 2024, the 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 year without Craig Carton on the fan. How many years has it been? Craig came back. It was, uh, it carry the one. I don't know. <laughs> he was here last year. Yeah. Last Craig year. was here 2023, think- 2022, 2021. I think he had like a three-year run coming back from his hiatus. So he was off 2018-ish, 
to 2021. It's about six years, five, six years, something like that. Shout out to Craig, man. I got to hit Craig, see how his son is doing. His, uh, his boy that went to school for football tore his ACL. I felt terrible about it. I was talking to Craig about it. He tore his ACL. Oh, no. Yeah, and the like, last week of camp going into week one, and, and his kid earned the starting running back spot, didn't get to – uh, actually live it out, but I, I'm hoping he's you know recovered and and will take a crack at it in the 2024 oh, season. That's a kid he was always talking up about. He was going to yeah college. Lucky. And, oh man, lucky Carton. Oh, that's terrible news. Yeah, but he ended up champing it out. He's a tough kid. Uh, went down there to Grinnell to play football and. Just, you know, tough kid, won the running back, the starting running back job through camp, but then tore his ACL, so I'm sure he's working on on his way back. I remember uh, getting to rap with him a little bit at the uh, softball game, the Tiki and Tierney versus Carton yeah, Roberts yeah. softball game. I got to throw with him a little bit and talk to him about college, and I remember just saying, bro, just go in there and, and ball. Don't be about anything else but football. Like, go in there, especially when in camp. You don't got to go to class, so every day just be – Focused on playing. Uh, shout out to Lucky. Shout out to Craig and all his kids. His yeah. Fan. True, yeah. Learn the sport. <clears throat> yeah, I was just calling and um, get with you on uh, Yankees lineup. Yeah. So, I guess they got Verdugo and Soto. They're both left fielders? Or are they going to have... I think- who's playing left field? I think Verdugo is going to be in left field. I think Soto is going to be in right field, and Judge will be in center field, at least for opening day, the first couple months. Trent Grisham, look out for him to obviously spell Judge in center field. I'm not wild about the thought uh, having 99 coming off the toe injury, the captain patrolling center field, what can happen will, and this is a guy that likes to dive and run into walls and make plays and – I'm not wild about it, but, you know, it is what it is. I, I'm pretty sure Verdugo is going to be the left fielder, seeing how he has experience doing that with the Boston Red Sox coming here to New York. Uh, it won't be his first time patrolling left field in Yankee Stadium, and Juan Soto is better suited for right field. Okay, got it. And how about third base? Are we doing Peraza, uh, LeMahieu, They'll tell you DJ LeMayu, but I remember a couple years back coming into spring training, they told me Gio Urshela was a shortstop, then he got traded a day later. So what they say and what they do are two different things, and they don't have to tell the truth this far out. I don't I don't like the idea either of DJ being our everyday third baseman. Yeah, he, he's not going to last too long. Uh, I mean – Maybe half the season. No, nah, he's getting up there in age. He hasn't been consistent enough to say, yeah, he's an everyday guy at third base. And a lot of the projections have had him leading off. I don't see that necessarily being the case. They still have more to do. They still have more moves to make. I know, um, what was his name? Candelario was an option that they thought about. Then he signed. And now Gio Urshela's return um, is up in the air. The Yankees have been in uh, those rumors where you would expect Geo to come in, and Geo can be a utility infielder. Geo can be IKF, um, but for the infield, not the outfield. Geo played first base with the Angels last year before he got hurt. Geo obviously can play third, short, and second. So I would be interested in a reunion, and, and I think 
him and Glaber Torres are like BFF. And I really didn't like the whole trade. And I mean, I still don't. It still was one of Cashman's worst trades. But I didn't like the trade of Gio Urshel and Gary Sanchez just to get something for Gary and to break up the buddy-buddy uh, system that Gio and Glaber had to bring in a Josh Donaldson, which made no sense to me, and then IKF, who you know now isn't on the team anymore. We'll see. They, there's more to do. But luckily it's January 3rd, and they've got a good two months to, to keep making moves and trades and signings. I was just going to say that uh, Gio must like that comment. Uh, Gio's no Donaldson. <laughs> it's just another he cash. Certainly, yeah, he certainly isn't. Yeah, he said, no, we appreciate everything uh, Gio did, but he, he he's no Josh Donaldson. And when you actually compare the numbers between the year Josh Donaldson had uh, two years ago and, and Gio's year, Gio pretty much in every st- statistical category had a better year than Josh Donaldson, so. Um, Cashman was yeah. thinking he was getting 2016 Josh Donaldson for some reason. So how about the catcher? Are we doing Wells and Trevino kind Trevi. of swap? Trevi's back. And uh, we can't forget that, that Trevi was an all-star and a platinum glove level catcher, uh, a student of the game that we heard when he came in right away, he was plugging in with Higgy. This guy is thorough in his preparation. And I think, you know, Garrett Cole is going to want to work with him. And I think there's going to be a platoon situation potentially with Austin Wells. And how about, uh, what do you think of Noah Syndergaard? I did read an article about that. It's more cross-down crossover. I don't know how much a Noah Syndergaard is going to cost you, but if they keep running out of options and free agent pitchers are signed and Monty signs with the Red Sox or whatever, sure, take a flyer on him. All right, Keith, well, how's Mr. Jackson doing? He's great, man. He's the cutest kid. I'm blessed. I'm like, he's he's starting to look like me a little bit more, but really he looks like his mom. And it's just like, it's just crazy to physically have like a little boy uh, like that needs me. That's my own. Like to say that like 2023, I had a kid, I had a son, a firstborn son. And like, you know, he's learning how to crawl. He's got two bottom teeth and his top two teeth are coming in. It's just crazy to see a human being become. And, and like, I like my kid. I'm not sending him back. Well, that's good to hear, man. Happy new year and all the happy holidays. Thank you, Gary. Same to you. Appreciate you always. Yeah. Um, I keep thinking about like the years. Like when I'm 50, my son's going to be 15. So I know a lot of people do their New Year's resolution. I mean, during the breaks here, I'm hitting uh, at least 20, 25 push-ups. I'm motivated to get into shape and to be in good shape for my son. Not I'm over. I'm not. I'm 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 married. I'm going on uh, three years married, and I've been with the same girl uh, since college, pretty much. Obviously, off and on at times after college, doing our own thing. But for the most part, I I knew who my wife was gonna be. Um, And yeah, she'll make fun of me a little bit. Like, where's your six pack? You know, you're getting the dad bod. And my whole thing is, boy, dad, no dad bod. I got to fight the dad bod. But, like, I keep hearing this stuff about when you get over 40. Maybe it's because I listen to WFAN. I think there's some type of 
ad that runs about like low testosterone or guys over 40, you know, and I'm just like, all right, as I'm getting closer to that, I got to be in this gym. That's the only way to fight father time. And then, of course, we have family over for the holiday, and my son's got this little bouncer, and now that he can, like, crawl a little bit, and, like, he, he's active, everyone's like, oh, Keith, he's going to be an athlete. I'm like, let this man live his own life. He does not have to be me. We did not name him Keith Jr. for a reason. He's going to be his own guy. But if he wants to play some sports, oh, Keith, he's going to be just like you. He's watching you already. He's, he's watching the games. He's going to want to play sports. I'm like, don't put that pressure on him, man. But if he does want to play, he's got the right coach. He's got the right dad. He's got the right guy. Because I, I didn't have that when I was a kid. I didn't have anybody to to play with outside of my homies that lived in the in the hood, like, around me, knock on a door, see if somebody want to come out in our apartment complex and, and play football. Or we, we used to play dumpster basketball. We used to take shopping carts, put them on the back of the dumpster, and make like a little seven foot rim to dunk on where I lived. There was no hoops because they couldn't maintain them, and I forget what what happened with them. But really, it was like football, some baseball, but for the most part, there wasn't enough of us to play baseball. Man, I'm like, man, if my kid, I'm trying to have a nice size yard backyard where if at any time my kid's like, hey, I want to take some swings. Hey, I want to throw the football. Hey, I want to shoot some hoops. I'm like, let's go. So. You know, I'll be 40 when he's five. I'll be 50 when he's 15. So I got to stay in shape. And then once he's in high school, he'll have coaches and trainers and uh, he'll be playing or whatever. But I'm like, if, if there's one sport, if I don't, want, I don't want him to be a football player. Honestly, I, I was telling my wife, she's like, what sport would you want him to play? I'm like, baseball. He could get the bag as a senior. We, we could be millionaires. as a, He could sign as a senior. The money in baseball is nuts, too. I'm like, didn't you just see Otani sign for $700 million? What sport do you think I want him to play? But then I started thinking about football, too. I'm like, by the time my son is playing college football or high school football, it's going to be flag football. He'll never have to go through what we went through, like proving your manhood, um, nutcracker drills and, and Oklahoma drills and, you know, being in two-a-days where, like, you're getting hazed and, and guys are just bullying you because they're upperclassmen. Like, that stuff doesn't even go on anymore. Let's go to Sean out in New Haven, Connecticut, next up on the fan. What you got for us, Sean? What's up, Keith? Happy New Year, Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year and, to uh, you as well. Bringing up two days, I played uh, when I was a younger man, and uh, what I remember the most is chafing, putting those wet pants back on after yeah. – uh, how gross was that? You you practice, you get a little break in between to eat your peanut butter and jelly sandwich, hydrate up, and put the same sweaty, what we call girdle on, same sweaty girdle on and pads and pants that you sweat in earlier. Yep, run it right back. Everybody's funky. Everybody smells. It's just, <laughs> it's just part of the like could, initiation I, 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 process. I can smell it now, and I can feel the wet pads. It's disgusting. But uh, I'm a fans fan uh, from Connecticut, mm -hmm. and I was uh, looking and tough loss to the Ravens. I don't want to ever address it again. But I'm going down. Me and my father are uh, to the, the to Miami game. for the Bills. Yeah. and I'm looking at the stands. And if we win, we might have to play them back to back weeks. And if we lose, 
we might have to go to Cleveland. And we need that division. We need it for pride purposes. We need to win the division. But and they smacked you guys that, in Buffalo. You need that revenge at home. But the Dolphins are do, banged up, it, man. That Bradley Chubb injury. Oh. That kills Jalen Phillips and Bradley Chubb out is huge. That's huge. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. It might be better off, honestly, if we. I hate to say it, if it might be better off playing the Browns on the road than we would be beating the Bills and have to try them back to back. Nah, week. hell no. Nah. Uh, I, I like it because what if you what if it ends up snowing like we're expecting snow around here? What if you end up having to go to Cleveland, Ohio, in the snow and the cold or rain? And I mean, old man Joe Flacco is going to be unfazed, and their defense is going to be unfazed. But these boys from Miami that are used to playing in the hot sun. And they got speed as their number one weapon and dynamic, and that could be slowed down in the elements. I would not. I would not want to have to go to Cleveland and play this Browns team as currently constructed. Got to handle business and beat Buffalo. That's what I'm saying. Win the division. That's, what, that's where I'm contrasted. We need to handle business, and if we beat them down there once, I feel like we need, we will again. We need to go out and show out and. We gotta come out and we gotta fly around. We gotta show them who is AFCs and take back control. Happy New Year, brother, and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for the call, Sean. Yeah. So when you look at the playoff picture and the scenarios, the NFL is undefeated. If you haven't heard me say this, the NFL is king. The storylines write themselves. I was saying that before Arian Foster came out last season to say, yeah, yeah, they gave us a script on that stupid podcast, and then the NFL ran with it. They made their whole tagline this year. You can't make this stuff up. The NFL, it's not scripted. You can't make this stuff up. Well, you literally can't. The Buffalo Bills, weren't they 6-6? Six and six? Now they're 10-6. and six. The Buffalo Bills are a team that everybody picked last season to win the Super Bowl. Everybody picked Josh Allen to win MVP. I mean, they're a 94% chance that they're in right now because of the way that things have shaken out. And they're winning. I mean, they they figured it out with Joe Brady. Ken Dorsey, no. Joe Brady, yes. And they get this matchup in Miami against the Dolphins, who they beat the brakes off the Dolphins. Remember, the, the Dolphins put up 70 against the Broncos. And I said this all year. As soon as you have that game where everybody's looking at you as a Super Bowl favorite, we saw it happen to the Dolphins. We saw it happen to the Cowboys. We saw it happen to the Niners, and they lost three in a row. As soon as uh, everybody says you're the Super Bowl favorite, the NFL will humble you. This league will humble you. And the Dolphins went up to Orchard Park and got absolutely smacked by the Bills, and it wasn't close. It was not. It was never a game. They need this game, man. They need this game badly. I would not. I would not say because the Brown. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want the Browns. I don't think anybody wants the Browns or the Bills or any of these teams because you know upsets are going to happen. As you go to place your bets in the wild card round, play the upsets. That's where there's more money, and that's what happens almost every year. Somebody's getting knocked off. We see it every year. I can't think of exact examples, but in that first round, there's a there's a, a division winner that lines up with a wild card, and they have home field advantage, and then they get got. And just the way these last couple weeks have shake, shaken out, like, who made the schedule for the Miami Dolphins to go into Baltimore and face the Ravens after the Ravens go to Santa Clara and knock off the Niners? Like, 
and I mean the week before the Dolphins were home and beat the Dallas Cowboys. Now the Dallas Cowboys are about to be the number two seed in the NFC. You can't make this stuff up. You can't even predict it. You can't see it coming. You nobody knows. Nobody knows anything. There's so many experts and so many people that talk about the NFL. It's funny. I've had Mike Florio on. Mike Florio is an NFL guy. I think he's got a ton of knowledge. Now, I, I don't I don't know his playing history, but he came under fire. Lamar Jackson basically said, you don't put on the pads. You know, you're talking about us. Even Colin Cowherd, who said, like, the Ravens were unraveling. Like, they kept receipts. In this day and age, it's so easy to keep receipts on these pundits, these TV hosts, these radio hosts. It's so easy because it's all clipped. And they know when they make a statement like that, they take a hard stance. They have a take that all oh, the Ravens are unraveling. This is the week uh, the Niners put them in their place or you know whatever Florio said about like <laughs> Florio got attacked by Lamar. Like, yeah, you're not putting them pads on. Like we play a style of football that other teams don't want to play. I think if you were out here having to do that, then, you know, you wouldn't you wouldn't talk so much. And then Cam doubled down on it because Cam was pissed off that he came out and said what he said. I had no problem with Cam Newton being a former NFL MVP and quarterback who had been to a Super Bowl, won the Heisman National Champion. I had no problem with him speaking on the Brock Purdy's, Jared Goff's, Tua, Dak Prescott's of the world as a as a football analyst. The problem I had with it was why are you being a hater? Why are you calling these guys game managers? There's nothing wrong with me. I'll take a game game manager. Game manager gets you the number one seed, number two seed. Game manager gets you double-digit wins in this NFL. There's too many guys throwing interceptions, throwing the game away, can't even do the bare minimum to manage the game. That was the issue I had with, with Cam taking a shot at these guys, especially in a year, Cam, where you told us that the Jets actually did call you. And they did put four or five million on the line, which I think is cap. I don't think the 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 Jets were looking to pay Cam Newton four or five million, but he scoffed at it. And I guess with all the millions he's made in the NFL, for him to get off the couch doing his podcast with anybody that does his podcast, he felt like that wasn't worth it because oh, Aaron Rodgers would have been hanging over my head and the Zach Wilson stuff, blah blah blah, wasn't worth it. Cam, you should still be in the league. So for you to be talking about these NFL quarterbacks that are succeeding that are being talked about as MVPs, and you trying to say they're not game changers. They're game managers. Like, just don't throw an interception. They're doing better than you. You you were not very good for the Carolina Panthers, who, the, who are the worst team in the NFL with the worst owner in all of sports. Scum. How despicable is that guy? They find him 300K, $300,000 for tossing the drink on the fan. If you guys didn't see, Panthers owner David Temper, who fired Frank Wright this year, uh, I think after week 11 or 12, this guy got caught on video throwing his drink on a fan and then obviously dipping out. You're in a suite, protected. You're going to throw the drink on somebody? Like, bruh, you're a billionaire. You're an owner. Be a professional. Have some restraint. Where do you think you are? Who do you think you are? Yeah, so the Panthers, that guy, he's a mess. And, and I don't think anybody wants that head coaching job. I don't think anybody desires to go to that mess. 
he was responsible for the mess. They should have taken C.J. Stroud. And then look, dumb-dumb, your number one overall pick that you traded, the Bears have that pick. They have a quarterback. You don't. You you need that pick this year. You could draft the quarterback of the future. I mean, just how bad can you be? Bryce Young isn't a bad quarterback, but in this modern-day NFL, he's never going to stay healthy. He's barely 5'10". If he's 190, I'd be surprised. He's undersized. You don't take that guy number one overall, especially if he's not like a a Kyler Murray who can run, who can scoot a little bit. Like, anyway, um, Cam Newton taking the shots that he took at Jared Goff, Brock Purdy, Tua Tunga-Viola, and Dak Prescott I thought was weak because it's like you could still be in the league and stop just like stop knocking these guys, man. A lot of these guys like – like now Richard Sherman is eating his words. You guys remember the night when I came in here and I said I don't like the, that there's no code anymore. These former players should have some type of code for these guys playing, right? Dante Whitner saying, oh, Dak is soft and Dak isn't, isn't, isn't any good. Why? Because he stiff-armed you back in, I don't know, uh, 2016. Richard Sherman saying C.D. Lamb is not a top 10, top 5 receiver in the NFL. He's not even number 1 receiver on his team. Richard Sherman's been awfully quiet about that. And then even Steve Smith attacking Jerry Judy when we thought the Broncos were trading pieces off to say, if a team calls about this guy, I'm going to tell him he ain't even worth it. He's not a third receiver on his team. It's just like you got to have some type of respect and code for the players if you played and become an analyst, become a pundit, especially when we have the Colin Cowherds and Mike Florios of the world who never played it down. They couldn't even start varsity, and they've got all of these takes. 877-337-6666. Uh, yeah, Cam, Sam, whatever he had to say about Mike Florio, doubled down on it and said, you know, this guy, he couldn't do one play of what Lamar Jackson can do. Most people can't. Most people can't. Playing quarterback is extremely hard. And the level that Lamar Jackson is playing the position is is elite. We, we, we don't see it very often. All right. My last, let's say, 25 minutes coming up. First night back. Good to be back. C-Mac's in the building. He's coming up next at 2. He's got you for a little overnight three-hour show. If you want to join my show, if you want to get a word in, if you'd like to ask me something uh, like multiple people have tonight, whether it was Russell Wilson, I didn't give my take on that. Um, you know, if there's something else that I may have missed in the last uh, couple weeks, I think Bruce from Flushing asked about Frankie Molentas. I wasn't on to address that. Yeah, call me up and you can ask and get my take. Other than that, I'll close with a couple more thoughts that I wasn't able to add in my open or any other time. Keep McPherson on the fan. This is KM to 2 a.m. We got to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
Let's talk about it. 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount Plus. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Let's rock for the next 20 minutes or so. Chris McMonagle's coming up next. 877-337-6666. KM, your nighttime host, Keith McPherson on the fan, wrapping things up with basically everything uh, we talked about. You know, I, I started off talking about the Brooklyn Nets, and I'm done talking about the Brooklyn Nets. They're trash, and they need to just go ahead and blow it up again, right? They need to go ahead and make some trades and some moves again. They're not winning anything this year. And even when they had stars on the team and thought they were winning something, they were getting swept. I did a podcast today. I said, in the last four seasons, I've watched the Nets get swept out of the playoffs. They were swept out of the bubble in 2020. They were swept by the Celtics in 2022. They were swept by the Sixers in 2023. Like, that's not cool, bro. Like, making the playoffs... Like, don't be fooled by that. And I, I'm a Nets fan all the way. Jersey, New Jersey Nets to Brooklyn. But I'm like, I, stop being fooled by the, oh, we are playoffs. We always make the playoffs. So what? You make the playoffs in the NBA now with the playing tournament or whatever? I'm, I'm not here for another season of the Nets scrapping their way from the playing into the playoffs to be swept again. That's the worst feeling. Watching your team in an NBA series that could go seven games, they can't get a Game. It's over in four games. Blow it up. It's not working. And the fish stinks from the head down, top to bottom, from the owner, who, in my opinion, is more concerned uh, with lacrosse and other things, and then has had just some ridiculous statements about, like, wanting guys um, that, you know, bought into the team more like the, uh, the old teams of the Brooklyn Nets that never won anything. But, you know, you sold your soul to go the superstar route, and now here you are. I don't know what you expected. Sean Marks, I don't know what you're doing. I, I appreciate the moves you made and, and what you were able to get back for Katie and Kyrie. But this configuration of this Nets team is not it. I noted again on the podcast today, Dorian Finney-Smith and Spencer Dinwiddie, you made that trade thinking that Kyrie was forcing his way out. You were going to call his bluff. Kyrie later came out and said, I didn't even think they were going to trade me. They did. You made that trade adding pieces to the team that you thought would appease the fans. Spencer Dinwiddie, a a former net coming back. And then Dorian Finney-Smith, a wing, a a defensive guy that can shoot a bit. Um, You made those moves to join Kevin Durant. You should have known that Kevin Durant would have been right out of the door behind his buddy Kyrie Irving. This team is a mess. They also banked on Ben Simmons. That's it. That's all I have to say about the Nets. I'm I'm not enthused about the season. I, I honestly find myself now like more locked in on the New Jersey Devils hockey season than the Brooklyn Nets NBA season. Year of the Dragon. All right. I also spoke on the Knicks and the trade. I think it's a great trade. I think it's only going to get better with time, especially if the Knicks can capitalize and make another move at another piece. If it's DeJounte Murray, fine. It's not going to be Donovan Mitchell. Could be somebody we're not even thinking of right now. Let Leon Rose and them cook. This is a piece that you've wanted for some time, OG Ananobi. Like, this is a guy that we've heard in rumors for three years. RJ was never going to become what you hoped. IQ, you were never going to start. You were never going to pay. 
So we got a little homecoming because Precious Achua comes back to New York, Bronx native, and RJ goes back to Canada. Good for him. The end of the mid-three. They called Brunson, Randall, and RJ the mid-three. And that was not a compliment. The end of the mid-three, you throw number eight in there, OG. Welcome, OG. Defense, can score the ball a bit. And I think as he gets more and more comfortable in Tibbs' system with these guys, that's one thing I was saying about the Knicks, just trying to find good things to say about him. I'm like, well, they have chemistry. They have a lot of guys that have a lot of reps together. But then when Mitchell Robinson went down, you knew you had to make a move. And they just had, like, too many of the same guys. Like, you don't want to have too many of the same guys. You know who the star player on the team is. It's Jalen Brunson. You know who the other star is. It's Julius Randle went off for 39 the other night. You're building around them. I think the Knicks made a great move, and I also think they're not done. We spoke a little bit of Mets and Yankees just as far as like, okay, it's it's January 3rd. Let's see it. You know, Yamamoto was cool for a couple weeks uh, thinking that he was going to sign with one of the New York teams. He played them both. He was always going to be a Dodger, said so much in his press conference that he was going there even without Otani. Yeah, all right. Otani's contract opened the door for them to be able to sign you. I was humbly, I was humbly screaming Yamamotani on these airwaves. I was telling y'all I didn't believe in Yamasoto from the get-go. That, yeah, that number 18 sounds cool, but why wouldn't he go team up with his boy in L.A.? Oh, you guys didn't watch the World Baseball Classic, huh? Well, it was so obvious. Japan won, and this guy's all about winning. As soon as he told you two things, one, he wanted to play with another Japanese player. Who better to go play with than Otani? He's got all of the Japanese media and attention and accommodations for a Japanese player. He told you he wanted to play with a Japanese player. And then he also said it wasn't about money. It was about winning. It was about the team that he felt like he could win with now and in the future. When they assembled the Avengers, three MVPs in Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, and Shohei Otani, I knew there was no way in hell he was going to say no to those guys. Not for Hideki Matsui, not for Masahiro Tanaka. Not to come to New York. When he came to visit Steve Cohen and go to his house, and when he called Brian Cashman after, the weather here was terrible. It was cold. It was rainy. He's like, nah, I'm going to L.A., bro. So the Yamamoto story is done. The Mets and Yankees are competing for Gio Urshela's services now or whatever. Just make some make some moves. Make some signings. As we see Chris Sale traded from the Red Sox to the Braves. As we see Frankie Montas come off the board, a potential fifth starter for the Yankees. Signs for $15, 16000000 million with the Reds. Because I guess after Hunter Green and who else they have? Lodolo and I don't even know who they have throwing the ball in Cincinnati. They don't have Sonny Gray anymore. They don't have Trevor Bauer anymore. They they felt like they needed started pitch, starting pitching, and they took a one-year deal from Scott Boris. Scott Boris must have told them Frankie Montas is ready to go. What else do we mention? Of course, we mentioned the Giants. And my whole thing with the Giants is, man, when you see the Packers at 8-8, eight and eight, looking like a playoff team. That could have been the Giants this year. The Giants, I I went through the three games that the Giants could have won. This Rams game that just passed, the Bills game, the the Jets game. Those were winnable games. You win those games, you got eight wins. And you could be looking at the coach of the year going to -to back-to-back playoffs without having the talent. Well, you know, instead you'll be taking the quarterback of your choosing in the top five picks and 
People are still debating whether Tommy DeVito should get the start or not, as if we need to see any more. I don't know. I, I, I don't know why we're doing this. Tyrod Taylor should have gotten the start over him, but the mania took over, and now that mania is over. It was a good little story for about a month in a wasted season, a good hometown, homegrown, one-of-us, uh, cult classic, Rudy-like figure that we could all support and get behind, but ultimately he wasn't going to ever throw for 300 yards. Well, not this year. Maybe you know he'll develop. Ultimately, he couldn't make those throws, make those reads, that a veteran like Tyrod, who Tyrod Taylor, I'm connected with him too. I told y'all my Joe Flacco story. I told y'all my Russell Wilson story. Tyrod Taylor came up here to the Northeast Combine. He was a year younger than me. He was upset at the Combine that he wasn't getting as many reps as the guys that were going to be seniors. And I remember telling him, don't worry, bro. If you're even invited here after your sophomore season, like, don't worry that they're not letting you throw here in front of these coaches. You're going to have plenty of opportunities. He has a long NFL career as a backup. Leaves a lot to be desired. Some simple plays, some simple reads, some simple throws, whatever. But it's a simple decision to play Tyrod Taylor, especially if you're the Giants who seem to be in the business of putting on the appearance that they're trying to win games. Still tanking, but they don't nobody make a tank look like the, the Giants make a tank. They make you think that they're trying to win and still find a way to lose. And the Jets are just going to just straight up lose because they're checked out. They were checked out as soon as Aaron Rodgers went on Pat McAfee and said, oh, yeah, you know, I love Rob Sala. I love Nathaniel Hackett. Joe Douglas has made some great moves and some great draft picks. And, yeah, I was the plan. It was all about me. Didn't you hear I also played defense? I picked off Zach Wilson in practice. Like, we're running it back next year. This was a wasted year, but you know what? I'm going to play two more years. I'm going to set back this franchise <laughs> even more after the next two years. And now that we're mathematically eliminated and got embarrassed on Thursday night football, another nationally televised game for the Jets to get em- embarrassed, I'm going to continue to make a fool out of myself and go on Pat McAfee. And since nobody cares about the Jets football team, there's nothing for me to talk about that's going to get headlines and attention that way. Uh, one week I'll talk about people's vaccination status from four years ago, three years ago, whatever. Uh, And I'll try and use that as the reason that they're attacking me. And then the next week, I'm going to actually mention Jimmy Kimmel and Jeffrey Epstein's list and how I'm popping bottles when that list gets announced because Jimmy Kimmel once said something about me on his show. And I don't know, this comedian that does a late night show makes me the butt of his jokes because you are a joke. You are a joke, Aaron Rodgers, but I get it. Everybody around here loves you, man. The song that doesn't end. We're going to sing this Aaron Rodgers song on WFAN for a whole two more years. Let's see how it goes. 877-337-6666. I don't know. John Carlos Stanton was pictured in a, a gym training area with some young kids. He looks like he's slimmed down. I think he's changed his diet some so he can run around third base and, I don't know, maybe slide into home that'd be nice I was going to talk about the Rangers and how impressed I've been about you know just the Rangers I saw Liberty Blue Pod put out a a graphic shout out to Ross in Burton County I actually got to check my Twitter I think I got an alert Ross hit me and I know he put a quote tweet over this but there was a graphic of Gerard Gallant and Peter Laviolette and it was the record in one goal games from last year to this year 
And last year's record had the Rangers at 15, 9, and 13. This year has the Rangers at 11, 1, 1. One's on the clock. Angel number right there. Something is going on in those 35 games. Peter LaViolette has the Rangers looking good, but tonight was not a night we were going to talk about the Rangers because the Carolina Hurricanes, yeah, they meant business tonight. They came out on a mission. They scored with two minutes in the game, two minutes into the third, uh, six goals on the Rangers. Wasn't much to talk about there, and that's pretty much everything we hit on tonight. If you would like to add something in this next five minutes, you know the number to dial. Ben on Long Island, what's up, Ben? You're on the fan. What's going on, brother? Happy New Year's, bro. Happy New Year's. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, so my question is, I, I, I was just kind of confused why Woody Johnson came out last week uh, before the Browns game saying everyone's going to be back, everyone is safe, whatever, just to go out and get embarrassed the next day versus Joe Flacco and Stephen Brown. <laughs> and, when you look, and when you look at this, I, don't know, I, I guess in the past two years, I'm not a Robert Sala guy personally. Every time How it's a meaningful game, it's, yeah, it's impossible. There's nothing. To, there's I nothing I, to hang your hat on and say, "Yeah, I love this guy." And and uh, to me, when when I look at it next year, yeah, cool. Well, we might be better with Aaron Rodgers if we could keep him upright and stay healthy. Cool, whatever. But when, as long as Robert Sala is the head coach, I can't even imagine Robert Sala and Aaron Rodgers holding a Lombardi, and it's just. I think next year is going to be another disappointing year per usual, and it's, it's, it's going to be unfortunate next year. There's man. similar to Tommy DeVito, but way more games than Tommy DeVito. You, you you have enough of a sample size to judge the guy. You understand who he is and what he is as a coach in games, in the post game, in press conferences. Rob Sala is not a good head coach. His team's consistently unprepared. Five. Guys do not get mm-hmm. disciplined. They don't get held accountable. He's this player's coach that supposedly, oh, well, the players didn't fight each other because Rob Sala. Come on, bro. Come on. <laughs> that's what we're That's what we're saying about Rob Sala. He kept the team together in back-to-back years of turmoil and no quarterback play. They didn't, they didn't try and rip each other's heads off because of Rob Sala. All right, I guess. But at the same time, are they going out there laying it on the line for Rob Sala? Not really. Are they going out there tightening up? Knowing that, hey, Woody Johnson and, and Aaron Rodgers and these guys said we're running it back next year. Let's let's go out there for pride. Let's go out there for coach and play spoiler and compete and knock off one of these teams. Nah, they're going out there and they're not looking like a good defense. They're not looking like a good off. They're not looking like a good NFL team. But the guys at the top making the decisions will be back next year. So it's even more pressure on 40-year-old Aaron Rodgers, one year removed from NFL play. And uh, I just, I don't understand. I, 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 Chris is coming up. C-Mac will tell you, you stick with the plan. There's nothing else they can do. Mm-hmm. I appreciate it, brother. Have a good one, man. Thanks for the call, Ben. Rob Sala, dude, like, there's so many. All right, so tonight I talked about Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy is what he is. He is just burnt, cooked. With in-game situations, with knowing what to do. I don't know if he has a book that he goes off of. I don't know if his head just short circuits with some of the play calling and decisions and clock management. And it's it's all of it. It's 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 what plays he's calling on third and one, fourth and one, not being aware of the the down distance time on the clock, how that's gonna play into the game, not knowing when to call timeouts 
or burning timeouts, even challenges. Like that's just that is a the sign of a, like a guy that yeah they might be X's and O's guys. They might know a little bit about the game. They might know a lot of bit about the game, but in the game they melt. They just don't have it. Rob Sala in the game, man. When they cut the camera to him, he looks like he's not even at the game. He looks like his mind is elsewhere. And then even when he tries to drum it up, it just looks fake. It, it's just, it's just, it's not good, man. It's not good. And I don't care if Aaron. Of course, Aaron Rodgers is going to give these guys his stamp of approval. And this has been talked about, I think, on this station and so many other places, because the Jets have given Aaron Rodgers the power he wanted in Green Bay. And he played four plays. And he's got all the say, all the power. And they're not going to upset that man. Rob Sala's record alone, he should be fired. Like Frank Wright got fired in week 12. Brandon Staley got fired in, I don't know, week 13, 14. But they're going to run it back with Rob Sala and say, hey, he's yet to have a quarterback. What about Kevin Stefanski? They figured it out. They won games with four different quarterbacks this year. You can look around the league at all of the teams that struggled with backup quarterbacks and found ways to win. The Colts, the Steelers, the Vikings. But Rob Sala gets excused. And that's fine. Nathaniel Hackett will be back. They're not going to draft the quarterback in the first round because Aaron Rodgers is here for another two years. And go out there and beat the Patriots. Nah. It's going to be an interesting week. We'll turn the page tomorrow and start looking at the Giants matchup against the Eagles, which I don't expect the Eagles to take their foot off the gas. And Bill Belichick might stay in New England, but whether he's staying or going, he wants to stay undefeated against the Jets, and they're not letting up, and the Jets got extra rest. I don't know. C-Max coming up next. I'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to The Fan. Sports Radio 101.9 FM. The Fan. WFAN.